Hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This is Stinchfield, the podcast. President Trump, no way he is going to get a fair shake in New York. This judge, the whole story, the whole bias, the smiles, the the facial expressions. There's no way President Trump is going to get a fair shake from this guy. His face tells the whole story. We're going to get into that on the program today. And Washington, D.C., we know that that is a weaponized court at a federal level. What can Congress do to change the face of that court in D.C. so conservatives can finally get a fair shake, specifically when it relates to January 6th? We'll talk about Jamal Bowman as well, pulling the fire alarm. A lot to cover on the program today. Uh, Of course, sponsored by Midas Gold Group, MidasGoldGroup.com. Now is the time to put your money into gold, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com. So grateful for their sponsorship of this program. All right, let's get the party started. Uncensored and unapologetic, this is Stenchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stenchfield. Uh, I want to talk about President Trump this morning because what President Trump is going through in New York is an absolute disgrace. It is un-American. It makes me sick to my stomach to think that this could happen in this country. And then I look at what's happening and I say, this could happen to President Trump. It could happen to all of you. I know we say this all the time, but I I couldn't be more clear about this. The picture of the day yesterday was... This judge, all smiles. He had a, well, you know, I want to call it an S-eating grin. I guess a a crap-eating grin, Arthur Angeron. The judge, whose sole responsibility is to decide the fate of President Trump in this case, was all smiles at the beginning of this case. Cameras in the courtroom, he's smiling, he's yucking it up. You could see this is a soldier of the left that is now operating inside the courtroom. So they want to destroy President Trump. They want to destroy his business. They want to make it it impossible for him to do any work inside New York City. And so now they take a case that is so far out of bounds. And, And let me just say this about the case. There is no victim. Have you ever heard of bringing somebody to court with no victim? What is the crime if no one was hurt? Okay. Now you could say, oh, well, Speeding, if you're going 90 miles an hour, no one was hurt, but someone could have been hurt. In this case, no one even could have been hurt. This is the case where the banks take their auditors and assessors and their loan processors and they review these loans and they come up with a yay or nay. We're going to give President Trump a loan or we're not. Do you think that they just rely solely on financial statements and, and what someone says about the value of a business? So many of you know, I'm a trucking company for a long time. I'd have to buy equipment. You don't think the bank asks me for either an appraisal of the equipment or in many, many times the bank will actually send an employee of the bank to go down and inspect the vehicles that I'm going to buy. They don't take my word for it. They send an auditor down there, an inspector down there, an appraiser down there, and then they come up with an appraisal. All of this happened when you're talking about multi-million dollar loans. You better believe all of this happened. So now we're in a situation where it's a civil case because they couldn't bring criminal charges because they knew the evidence wasn't there for criminal charges. So the bar is lower to bring civil charges. So 
That's what they do. And they do it in a state where they know they can get away with it in New York. I think my biggest problem with the war that's being waged against President Trump today is that the collusion that is going on from a federal level. I know the Department of Justice. I know the Obamas. I know the Soroses, the Valerie Jarrett's, the Susan Rice's of the world are all engaged in orchestrating this plot against President Trump. That may be what's most troubling because these prosecutors, whether it's Bragg in New York, whether it's Letitia James, the attorney general in New York, whether it's Fannie Willis, the the rogue prosecutor in Georgia, they're not operating on their own. They're being told what to do. They have generals telling them they are just soldiers on this battlefield. So President Trump noticeably frustrated, but not beaten down. I saw a resolve in him again yesterday, which I always see when he enters court. He looks like a prize fighter getting ready for a fight. Um, this is him with that resolve, but also that frustration. This is a disgraceful trial put forward by the Attorney General. We have murders going all over the city, all over the state, at a record level. It's an epidemic, and they waste their time on this with banks that were very happy. They got all their money back. They weren't defrauded. I've been defrauded. With a judge that ruled that a building, that a property is worth $18 billion, $18 million, when in fact it's worth over a billion, probably a billion and a half, it may be worth anything. But many properties which I sold are worth much more than were listed in the financial statement. By double and triple. So, Specifically, he's talking about Mar-a-Lago. So Mar-a-Lago is on Palm Beach. There's no such thing as a bad neighborhood in Palm Beach. Okay, so Palm Beach is one of the most beautiful places you've ever seen in the world, with some of the most beautiful houses you've ever seen in the world. Even the smallest house on the island, maybe like twelve or 1,300 square feet, that's going to go for $2 million, okay, at least. Apartments there that are 1,200 square foot apartments, are going for $2.5 million on Palm Beach. They want to value Mar-a-Lago at $18 million. That doesn't make any sense. When I look at the property that sold right next to President Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago estate, the club, right next to it, sold for $50 million two or three years ago. $50 million. It's not a 20th of the size of Mar-a-Lago. So how are they coming up with 18 million? That to me is rogue and and brash and out of bounds and phony and fake. Meaning the whole trial is a fraud and it's expected to go through December. Can you imagine if you were an individual and this was you and you had to go, how are you going to pay a team of attorneys for three months every day when these attorneys make seven, eight hundred dollars an hour? In court for eight hours a day. Lord knows what else they call you. Every time you're on the phone with them in that evening, they're charging you. How would anybody afford this? They couldn't. They know it. They are trying to break him. We just better hope and pray this man has enough money and enough assets that they cannot break him. Here's President Trump again. What you have to do, and we're wasting our time on this trial. The Democrat judge from the clubhouses, it's a disgrace. 
They ought to look for the murderers and the killers that are all over New York killing people and the violent crime that's being committed in our city and our state is disgraceful and we're going to be here for months with a judge that already made up his mind. It's ridiculous. He's a Democrat judge, he's an operative, and it's ridiculous. Other than that, things went very well. <laughs> Other than that, he says, you see how this guy manages to have a sense of humor even at the most at the most depressing of times. Other than that, it went great. Now, here's what I will tell you. There was an appellate court that ruled that President Trump, 80% of this case had to be thrown out because it's past the statute of limitations, didn't fall within the boundaries of the laws. 80% of the case. This radical judge in New York refused, refused to acknowledge that appellate court ruling. President Trump had to sue the judge in order to get him to acknowledge that and ultimately did, but he really hasn't made a final ruling on whether or not he's going to obey the appellate court. Do you see what's going on with the Democrats? They do not obey the rule of law. They don't care about court systems anymore or or the rules of order, how things are supposed to, to be done. Who's in charge when, when an order is given? Who has uh, superiority over the other? An appellate court certainly has superiority over this court, and yet they want to ignore it. No wonder Donald Trump is just through the roof on this. I think that was very good. That last five minutes was outstanding because the judge essentially conceded that the statute of limitations that uh, we want at the Court of Appeals is in effect. Therefore, about 80% of the case is over. I was going to come out and say that, as you know, we're not entitled to a jury, which is pretty unusual in the United States of America. So uh, you think it's very unfair that I don't have a jury, but uh, the judge's last statement was very fair. And if I read it right, I'll let perhaps one of the lawyers speak to it. But Cliff, maybe you'll speak to it if you would. Look, a jury, you think you could get a better shot in New York? You're not going to get a better shot in New York with a jury, Mr. President. The whole thing is rigged, which brings us back to what's going on in D.C. and what can be done on on that front. So I'm telling you, it's rigged. Okay, the situation is rigged. The court system is rigged. The judges are rigged. The juries are rigged. The prosecutors are rigged. If you're a conservative, especially a conservative that was president once before and is going to be president again, forget it. You don't stand a chance. So he's going to have to stand and fight. Now, what can be done in Washington, D.C.? I'm going to talk about that next, all right? That's what we're going to talk about. What can be done with that court system at a federal level? Congress has some power that it needs to start enacting. But before I do that, folks, I want to tell you about Midas Gold Group. Now is the time to put your money into precious metals. MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD. They can take your IRA, turn it into a precious metals IRA, and uh, I'm telling you, it is a great portfolio protection maneuver. I was just with the guys from Midas Gold over the weekend at Town Hall. They were great sponsors of ours for the event, and uh, I can tell you, these are guys I trust, and I saw the faces of so many of our listeners that use Midas Gold and are happy with Midas Gold. 
Again, MidasGoldGroup.com, 855-322-GOLD, 855-322-GOLD, MidasGoldGroup.com. Talking about what is going on with President Trump and the absolute disgrace and un-American, un-American things that are happening on that front when it comes to when it comes to President Trump and what he's going through and and all of that. So I would offer up, we need some serious changes in how our court system is run. Now, we've got problems at the state level where this is happening for President Trump in, in New York. It is at the state level for everything that's going on in, in, uh, in Georgia. But there are other courts that we could try to fix the problem with. And that is by using the power of Congress to eliminate certain courts. And I would start with the D.C. court. Now, I had a long discussion with Mark Levin at Town Hall over the weekend. Uh, We had such a great time at, at Universal City, the Hilton there. And we were talking about what can be done to take away the bias inside the D.C. courts. Now, we see the persecution of President Trump. That's front and center. Let me tell you a story about a friend of mine named Jonathan Strand. Jonathan Strand was a J6 defendant. He's been on this program before. You've heard me talk about him before. His situation right now is perilous. He is in a Miami Level 1 prison, federal prison, convicted of obstruction of an official proceeding. And he is sentenced to 32 months in prison for literally walking around. He's on Video, his every move is on video, not one act of violence, not one act of disrespect, nothing. And he got 32 months. When Simone Gold, the woman he was there to bodyguard, got three months, she took a plea deal. John Strand refused to. John Strand called into uh, my TV show, The Real America's Voice Show, one night from prison. He had just been convicted and sent to prison to serve out his time. And he called me from prison. The next day, the Federal Department of Corrections took away his phone privileges. So Simone Gold comes on to explain to me that they took away his phone privileges. Something needs to, somebody needs to do something because this is a gentle guy. This is not a guy fit for prison. They then put him in solitary confinement. That was three weeks ago. From what we can tell, Jonathan Strand is still in solitary confinement. I would offer up that solitary confinement is cruel and unusual punishment. It should be reserved for the most heinous, brutal criminals on earth. There is no reason why Jonathan Strand needs to be in solitary confinement. Him in prison is punishment enough. And if he broke some kind of protocol where uh, he's not allowed to call into a TV show, well then... Take his commissary privileges away. Make him only eat prison food for a month. Punish him that way. Say you're confined to your cell or you can't go out for two weeks to to uh, to get outside. But solitary confinement seems extreme to me. And you certainly shouldn't be punished for somebody else exercising their First Amendment rights to defend you. Well, how did Jonathan Strand get convicted if there's really no evidence against him of doing anything wrong, this obstructing an official proceeding? Think about that. It, It basically says you can't go try to change the views of these elected leaders. Well, that's lobbying. One, I think the statute is unconstitutional. Two, how do you 
How do you get convicted of obstructing an official proceeding when you're literally just walking around, you've done nothing to obstruct it? I don't know. Other than you've got a weaponized D.C. prosecutor. We know the U.S. attorney was rogue in his actions against against every J6 defendant. 320 of them charged with this obstructing an official proceeding. And by the way, Jamal Bowman, the congressman, the Democrat, the radical from New York, who pulls that fire alarm over the weekend, uh, that's obstructing an official proceeding. Worse than Jonathan Strand ever did. He tried to stop the voting of people. So he stops an official proceeding. You think he's going to be charged? Sent to prison for 32 months? Pulling a fire alarm in the Capitol building. That's far worse than walking around pointing at statues and taking selfies. So Mark Levin and I are talking, and Mark says Congress needs to use the Judiciary Act to disband the D.C. court system and move it out to the suburbs. And so I started to do a little research on this. Congress has full authority to abolish any federal court it wants, okay? It has the authority to reestablish judicial districts if it wants. Congress should at least start the process of trying to break up the D.C. gulag because you can't get a fair trial there, President. Trump can't get a fair trial in D.C. No conservative can get a fair trial in D.C. Now, where you may have some trouble is with the federal judges who have been appointed for life. I don't know what you do with them. You may have to move the federal judge. Uh, Maybe you could defund the federal judge, pay them a dollar a year and get them to quit. But you would have an issue on that front with the federal judgeship that was appointed for life. But beyond that, get the court system out of D.C. Because even with a, a weaponized judge, if you could get a fair jury, the situation would still be stacked against the defendant if he's a conservative, but it would be better, right? It would be better. So Congress needs to act on this. Mark Levin and I both agree Congress needs to act on this, and it most uh, it most certainly can be done. Now, why do they need to act on this? Well, Alina Haba, who is a friend of mine and President Trump's attorney, summed up the case in New York. Like this, and and this is what is so similar about what's going on in D.C. I think there's reality and then there's this world that they all live in and they put on quite a performance trying to make it look like there was corruption that doesn't exist. And we got up and we made it very clear. First, let's start with something very basic. We are not supposed to be here doing this trial right now because we're not even sure what the scope is because the appellate division hasn't said so. Now we're sitting here in court. We're putting on our arguments and we're saying, wait a minute, you're relying on Michael Cohen. They played a clip from him today. I started laughing. They played a clip of Michael Cohen at the court case. That was how they thought their strong point was. Let's start off. Wait, Letitia James, the Democrat attorney general, led with Michael Cohen in court. (laughs) That should tell you everything you need to know. All right, Michael Cohen, a convicted perjurer. Michael Cohen, the turncoat who turned on President Trump, doesn't have any credibility with anybody. And so that's what they offer up. But here's what Jesse Waters and my friend Alina Hava are are forgetting. The judge is in on it. So they offer up Michael Cohen to give evidence against President Trump, and the judge is going to be all for it. The judge is going to say, this is a great witness. 
Thank you for bringing him into my court. Thank you for having him lay out the horrible crimes President Trump has committed. They're in on it. So you guys can laugh about how silly it is that Michael Cohen was offered up. It's part of the ruse. Which is why it happens in New York. And it most certainly happened in D.C. with these J6 defendants. Which is why, of all things, we need to shut these courts down anywhere where they're not fair. And reorganize them, redistrict them, move them to certain areas where defendants <coughs> can finally get a fair trial. Hey, folks, listen to me. I want to tell you about Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com forward slash grant. I want you to pay them a visit. A free activation. Use the promo code. They are doing great, great, great stuff. Uh, Glenn, the CEO, who is such a great guy is funding so many conservative causes. He believes in this program, which is why he advertises with us. Uh, and, and he believes in it because I believe in them. I've got a Patriot mobile phone. And so I'm using my Patriot mobile phone on a daily basis because I want to be part of the parallel economy that Glenn is committed to, the CEO. And he's a great guy. So I urge you to do this as well. Go to patriotmobile.com forward slash grant, patriotmobile.com forward slash grant. Use the promo code grant for free activation. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So uh, please, patriotmobile.com, patriotmobile.com forward slash grant and, uh, and pay him a visit. So I am laughing so hard when it comes to this, this, Senate, this Senate deal in California. You know, California screws everything up. Gavin Newsom screws everything up. Now, normally you would say a guy that screws everything up could never be president of the United States, but I'm telling you, this guy frightens me. This guy more than anybody else frightens me. He has screwed up this state beyond recognition, and yet he still smells like a rose when it comes to Democrats. Well, he just screwed up the Senate race beyond recognition by appointing this LaFonza Butler character. Now, first off, LaFonza Butler, there's questions about whether she even lives in the state. There's FEC, Federal Elections Commission's filings, where she's listing Maryland as her as her residence, okay? To be a United States senator, you have to live in the state. Gavin Newsom says, no, it's not a problem. All these things. Well, here, I'll let Gavin Newsom speak for himself. How do you respond to criticism over residency? Well, she, she literally took that job at Emma's List, still has a house out here, and re-registered. And we were transparent about that and put that forward. So I don't know how I'd respond to it. I guess the response was in the announcement. Oh, come on. So I'll, I'll tell you what, what you uh, have to do. Um, literally, uh, oh, damn, my board got messed up again. Can you, can you fix it for me? Um, so I'll tell you what, what, uh, what has to be done. What has to be done is this current, Candidates in the race for Senate need to start screaming and yelling about this because LaFonza Butler, okay, she is what I would describe as a, well, she is a radical to the core. She runs this group, Emily's List. Emily's List is a pro-abortion, anti-baby group that... I, I think it's a despicable organization, especially if someone who's pro-life, clearly, right? She is a lesbian. Not there's anything wrong with that, but it falls right into the identity politics. A black lesbian who runs an abortion group. 
if Saturday Night Live was going to pick a character for a skit, they couldn't have done better. Okay? So now this is the woman he's offering up. Now, do you remember Gavin Newsom? First he said it's going to be a black woman. So, okay, so he holds true to that. Then he says, I'm just going to appoint a placeholder. As if this black woman is just like a show horse. She's just a placeholder. You do what, do what I tell you to do. I mean, you understand like how all this sounds. I'm going to appoint a placeholder, and they will stay there until I tell them to leave as, as, if, as if he's just uh, running horses at the track. But no, he goes back on that now. Apparently, Gavin Newsom is saying that he's not going to, uh, he's not going to mandate that they just stay as a placeholder. They can run again. So now he's saying she can run. What do you think Adam Schiffbag thinks about this old pencil neck? What do you think Barbara Lee? Barbara Lee was the heir apparent. She was the one that everybody wanted, black woman, congresswoman here in California. Everybody wanted her to, to, uh, to be in here. What do you think these candidates are all saying now? Because I promise you, this woman's going to run, and she most likely will win. It's very hard to beat an incumbent. She's going to get all the lobbyist money. She's got a year and change Uh, Just over a year before the next election, it's a lot of time to go into Washington, put your claws and mitts into the lobbyists, and start raising money like crazy. Now, she right now faces a huge disadvantage in the fundraising category compared to these other candidates, but she'll make that up very quickly. So now she's in. Well, if you can run again, then why didn't Gavin Newsom just appoint who everybody wanted, which is Barbara Lee? Instead, I don't know, this woman may be even, Barbara Lee's a radical. This woman may be even more radical. I guess in some respects we'll have to look into her background uh, uh, about all of this stuff. But Gavin Newsom doesn't really care, does he? He doesn't care about any of this stuff. He doesn't care what they think, his party thinks in California. He doesn't care what the party elite thinks. He doesn't care what the people running thinks. He's just going to do what he's going to do. And at some point, he's going to have to figure out a way to get into this race for the presidency because Joe Biden is is such a disgrace. And I know that the Democrat Party wants him, which is why I will say I was somewhat surprised he made this pick as quickly as he did. And they didn't go down the road of what I thought was a possibility, a long shot possibility, because it literally puts the devious politics on display of the Democrats. But the idea that Kamala Harris would be made an offer she can't refuse, meaning we're either going to fire you or you take this, this being uh, U.S. Senate seat from California. They didn't do it. And then appoint Gavin Newsom to vice president. That would have saved everything for them. That would have fixed their entire problem. So, Either the Democrats are so dumb, and they're even dumber than I thought they were, or else they've got something else up their sleeve. The other option is that Joe Biden makes it. That would be the best option for Republicans, that he makes it into this race. Because right now, the way all the polling shows, uh, Joe Biden doesn't stand a chance against President Trump. Not a chance. 
I think the last poll that showed President Trump up by 10 points against Biden is an understatement. People see what a disaster this guy is. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Grant Stinchfield. Uh, it has been great. Don't forget, grantstinchfield.com, grantstinchfield.com. That is the website I want you to go to. Subscribe to the podcast. All the links are there. You can sign up for the email list. We're starting to do a good job on that. Stinchfield's Army merchandise, uh, grantstinchfield.com. You want to find me, Real America's Voice. All the links are on the website. And then, of course, don't forget about my buddy over at My Pillow, Mike Lindell. He could certainly use your help. Uh, talk about a parallel economy. Uh, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash grant, up to 50% off on so many products there, from the Giza sheets to, uh, to the slippers to the pillows, you name it. Great deals. Just use the promo code grant over at MyPillow.com and pay them a visit. That's going to do it for us. Stinchfield's Army Rolls, thanks to all of you.